0: Welcome back to this mini-series on collaborative innovation and cooperation with PwC. In the last episode, we talked about the core types of collaborative innovation, their benefits, potential challenges, and key success factors. We identified that if done correctly, collaborative innovation can be one of the best and most successful type of innovation. But how do you tap into these benefits and build an innovation system that helps you develop strong ideas gain access to new markets and fosters a culture of innovation that drives additional revenue for your business. In this episode, we explore exactly that and dive into the do's and don'ts of successful corporate innovation. With me on the show today is Stefan Hofnagel, co-lead of the PWC scale program, who has worked with numerous corporates to help them collaborate more efficiently together with startups. Stefan, nice to have you. Um, As a product and venture studio, we've worked with a lot of corporates ourselves and seen that there are so many different types of innovation approaches that corporates can take. And uh, just to name a few, I mean, there's corporate venture capital, there is um, venture building approaches, there is stuff like um, different types of accelerator programs and so on and so forth. And the question is, or the first question is, how do you actually let's say, assess which ones of deals you need. Yes, uh,
1: well, Kilian, thank you again for having, having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I think that's a very important question because I believe people who start working in the innovation ecosystem sometimes get lost because there are so many buzzwords and vehicles for, for a way of working with startups that um, you know people have difficulties defining what, what's the best way for them. What we like to do is start simple, if you don't have any experience with startups is start small, go to networking events, have your own innovation challenge, go to go to meetings, go to startup meetings where you just get in touch with clients or with, with startup, with founders, and take one step after the other. Corporate venture capital, venture clienting you named it, is a form of working with startups or investing in startups mm-hmm. via um, venture capital that is... You know, a, f- a few steps ahead. So what we what we propose is, for example, in the, in the scale program at PwC, join one of our virtual sessions at sixty minutes from home, just to get a feeling of founders. Yeah, and if you if you are a corporate who is maybe in a city where there is uh, a lot of events going on, go to a networking event and then take one step after the other.
0: Right, yeah. and then there's also let's say besides those more collaborative approaches there's also the purely internally focused innovation approaches so you could set up a digital unit Mm -hmm. Um, also there's different types obviously ones more focused on really just idea sourcing Mm -hmm. some are more being let's say work benches for to really execute on those programs some are actually let's say internal ventures that are somewhat alone standing Mm -hmm. and these aspects are coming in addition so let's say i'm a corporate and I understand right now, I've gone to an innovation challenge or two, now I'm really committed to, I want to go down this road mm-hmm. of, of fostering innovation internally. Yeah. How do I then find the right framework and the right setup so that I don't overwhelm myself yes. building or having all these different types of collaborative innovation, but also setting up an own unit and doing many other things at the same time?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think before you, have or you before you answer the question of um what are all the initiatives that you want to do internally or externally it's about finding the right people mm-hmm. i think especially in this type of work it's important to find someone who is a networker by heart who likes to listen to people get to know new people talk to founders to understand their vision uh, but also talk internally to the different business units to understand their challenges and how it doesn't always have to be a startup, but how innovation, how a new product, or how a startup can help them. So I think it's crucial, first of all, to find the right person for the the job to be inspiring. Second of all, I think the long-term perspective here is very important. Innovation, working with startups, is nothing you do within a year or two. It has to be a strategic, top-down decision from the leadership to say, this is part of our identity, and this is not a marketing project or a small innovation project that goes on for half a year, then we see nothing happened and we kill it, right? Um, So the long-term perspective here, I think, is very crucial. Find the right person, have this in your corporate ID or identity, and have a long-term perspective. I think it's, it's very important for this
0: i think what you guys also do is to have let's say some sort of assessment for corporates where they can go ahead and really understand what is the right type for me i think crucial components that you also touch upon right now are this type of let's say a long strategic view like yeah. what is my long-term vision and what do i actually want to achieve with this innovation yeah. as well as the topic that you also briefly touched upon the governance part mm-hmm. because if i don't have the right setup so that i then i basically nip innovation in the butt, like i i I basically kill it in the seat before it starts yeah exactly because i don't give people enough space to Mm -hmm. get new ideas but then also to execute on them yeah yeah and then talking about the team that you just mentioned talking about the people that have those but that are open-minded that have those ideas we traditionally see is that either you try to hire these people internally Mm -hmm. like often tend to be say more younger sometimes with the startup background that you then hire that might obviously be a challenge getting these people if you're the traditional corporate that is so to speak not cool Mm. or let's say going more outside touching a uh, base with external partners who then bring in let's say temporary freelancers or teams innovation teams how do you then set up or how do you go about finding these people like
1: Internally, or or you say externally? Both, like if
0: you want to build that type of, if you want to get that type of person on board, who's then opening up, so to speak, the horizon of innovation.
1: Yeah, I think what is very crucial here is the level of freedom you give that person. It's really interesting when you look at our clients, with my team, we're looking at our clients and we see where there's a high speed, like we make an introduction to a founder, we showcase some technology, You can see a difference in the speed that they process this innovation within the company when they are, for example, don't have anything else. That's their only job. They're the innovation leader, the head of corporate innovation, for example, and they're maybe close to the CEO Mm. versus... They're not so well connected, and they also are responsible for the overall strategy for the company. Yeah. You can see it in delay of emails uh, within one or two months. Yeah, right. If someone answers within a week or within uh, six weeks, and it, it gives you a good signal on how fast innovation will take place within that company. So I think the level of freedom is very important, and the closeness to the leadership team. I can tell, exa- uh, for example, for my for my clients, is a crucial. One of my clients is, is is actually sitting next door to the CEO. Mm. So whenever we talk to to him and showcase him new startups or technologies, like yeah, I'll, ten minutes later I'll I'll go over him. I show him, right? Versus, let's see if I can find a spot in his calendar within the next three months. Yeah, right. And this is a good signal on how you can accelerate um, innovation within the company.
0: Mm-hmm. So having that let's say dedicated departments, mm-hmm. whether you call it a venture building unit or a venture mm-hmm. unit, a digital unit, uh, whether it's a particular person within the business development department who's in charge of scouting new ideas, identifying the biggest opportunities, and so on and so forth. I think that's a process to, to get there, right? Mm-hmm. It, Absolutely. It's not something that you just say, hey, yeah. we just do it right now. Yeah. On this entire trajectory of the different, let's say, innovation vehicles that we that you touched upon earlier, what needs to happen till you arrive at that point where you say hey i have someone dedicated to that particular to innovation topics that is directly for instance reporting to the ceo mm.
1: i think it's really important and we talked about this earlier not to overwhelm your colleagues or overwhelm the organa- organization as you just said i want to do everything we have an internal unit we work with startups we have an accelerator we have a challenge i think that can be quite overwhelming and people will or colleagues will be overwhelmed or scared even because they think now we're doing everything digital and my job will not be here in a few months anymore. So I think it's important to take this step by step to start small, maybe have one or two projects where you say, hey, this is how we have been doing it for so long. Now we invited a startup, we have a new solution, maybe something that everyone is annoyed with. For example, your expenses. Some companies, you still have to use a fax uh, to, to yeah. do this or an Excel sheet and then have it signed in person, right? Why don't you get a startup that does your expenses for you? Because everyone is annoyed at that and it will probably not cost any jobs. And p- people will be more open. And you solve small problems that everyone is annoyed with. So so the company is more open to, okay, what's next? What can we do next? And then you can have, okay, let's do an innovation challenge. Let Let's take two or three challenges that we have right now and ask startups to come in mm-hmm. and then next okay we found a startup that we like uh, regarding venture clienting let's buy his product and next step is could be an accelerator right and do it small by small because the the organization needs time to adapt to this change and mm-hmm. to this to to working with this with the, the kind of founders in this kind of work.
0: And once you have that mindset you can then go ahead let's say you foster the the mindset by getting external people on board as you just described startups you you touch base with startups with founders with other companies also possibly yeah and then once you have a good general understanding of this you then go ahead and say okay now we have this mindset we go build up our own dedicated innovation department or unit however you want to call it to then accelerate that even further yeah and exactly what I
1: also think is important is to get out of your bubble. Mm. Does't matter where you are. I'm from Berlin. It's a bubble itself. yeah, I have to get out the, out of there from time to time to see a different perspective. Right. Um, but for corporates, my clients, for example, they are, quite rural places. So you take the the smallest last train to a, a small village and then there's a huge corporate that does is a hidden champion that does very very specific, right. right? But if you take the leadership team and then after after that different business units, maybe to go to a co-working space to Munich, Hamburg, Berlin, just to see how they're working and div- get a different perspective, that can change a lot. It can be some sort of fear of missing out or right. inspiration. It doesn't matter if it triggers something that you can take back to your teams. Mm. Uh, it's helpful. Yeah. And talk to other corporates as well.
0: And I think what's imp- important here, what, what we've seen a lot of corporates get wrong, so to speak, is that they then go out there, see the startup disrupting the entire industry, and their understanding becomes, hey, innovation equals disrupting our own business model. Yeah, And I think that is also something where you have to take a step back and say, hey, as, as you described right now, you have to really start with a small incremental changes yeah. that bring about this mindset of change, so to speak, first innovate within your core area, optimize processes, get people to understand that innovation is something positive that is is supporting them in their day-to-day work rather than, let's say, taking their jobs away in, in a way. Yeah. And then once you've, let's say, mastered this, go to adjacent markets and then eventually go to even possibly new verticals where then venture building comes in because it's a process. And and, I mean, we've been talking about digital innovation for 10 years right now, and it still seems like in many ways we're still in square one. We're still really starting out. Because a lot of you talking to exactly because a lot of companies they just want to do the long shot but without the foundation that you just described Mm -hmm. you can never get there you first have to build it up like you have to build that understanding then maybe build an internal unit which is just focused on getting the idea right yeah and then by the help of external partners maybe get it to work yeah and then you have that lighthouse project that then let's say drives you forward and we can then say okay now we take bigger risks yeah going into adjacent markets.
1: Yeah, and absolutely right. And I think the beauty is when you you arrive at a place where you can do both, right? Where you say, let's focus on the one hand, we have one unit that focuses on incrementally redefining how we do business today with what we are best at, Mm -hmm. like more efficiency, digital products, but within our core industry, for example. But then on the other hand, so let's say five to 10 year horizon, right? But then also think about are we even fit to be in this market in, I don't know, 40, 50 years, right? And that's the beauty of working with family-owned businesses. They have just by definition a bit more long-term view on their corporate than maybe, you know, the CEO who's been appointed. And the beauty is that they look at both things. They look at how can we do what we do today better and how do we have to change to be relevant in 40, 50 years? And maybe that means having a total different set of clients in 40, 50 years, yes. right? It's, uh, it's, uh, I think, very fascinating.
0: And I think what you touched upon and what you were, what you alluded to is this, let's say, innovation portfolio theory in a mm-hmm. way where you say, hey, I, I focus 70% of my uh, yeah, right. focus mm-hmm. on the incremental innovation, so to speak, yep. in my market, then 20% a bit outside of the box, like maybe in the adjacent market, then the 10% are the long shots. Yeah from your experience how can companies also balance that because you probably have those young individuals or or even like the core, the the ceo saying hey we only want to focus on long shot but the, this mm. how do you mitigate that risk and how do you let's say balance it properly
1: i feel like very good question but i feel like the pure demand from business units colleagues and ceo levels it by itself right Mm. because there's so much demand on solutions for today because we have been doing something for 30 years and we have to change it but that comes from 15 different people and maybe we have that one head of strategy or ceo who says but what about the next 50 years So I feel like when I look at, at the work that we do, it's nothing we moderate or we, we say okay we're not doing this anymore because that's over seventy percent, right? Or we mm-hmm. have to do more to, to get the ten percent full. Right. If I look at the portfolio that we're helping our clients with on technology and startup scouting,
0: it does that by itself. Well, that's interesting because I, I I would. Uh, have what's your assumed... what's your experience? <laughs> From our experience, I, I feel like a lot of companies, like especially innovation departments they're very much focused on either, as you said, the status quo, mm-hmm. like how we can can we improve that, or the long shots. Okay. But they do either of the two. That they say, hey, we have 10 people to... And mm-hmm. these 10 people can't do at the same time, for instance, a venture that or, or an innovation that helps improve the core of mm-hmm. the business and at the same time build something which is going to take a lot of resources, a lot of people, which is a complete disruption to our industry or even to another industry yeah. If you look yeah. at um, I don't know like the typical grocery players in the German market Who expanded from just being grocery players to going into travel to mm-hmm. Becoming media platforms in a way and so on and so forth. I think that is something where you really have to gradually build yourself up to
1: what I mean the 70, 20, and 10% if you look at the overall company. You know, there's that one unit that is probably 100% focused on the 70%, right? But if you look at the entire company, you have different units, different interests, and then just by itself, you have the vision from the CEO, from the head of strategy, Mm -hmm. combined with the business unit or the innovation unit that's, you know, focused on internal innovation, that at the end, you have a good mix out of doing better what we do today and having the long-term vision, and we support Everyone.
0: Mm. I think we already get a good understanding of the process going from the very beginning of hey, I'll build up this mindset Mm -hmm. over the different types of innovation options, internal and external, to really then in the long shot attacking new markets, new business models and so on and so forth. Now, in this process, from what you've seen working with corporates on a day-to-day basis, what is something that surprised you? Mm
1: Well, maybe two points. One is more on operational level is uh, sometimes the speed in which especially family owned businesses switches from one searching field to another. So, you know, sometimes we we have meetings with our clients and uh, we show them startups that we discussed, technologies that they want to see. Everything is good. And then uh, the next week I get a call. Okay, look, the CEO read an article about this and that. I need to deliver something in three weeks and he wants to i know he he said we didn't want to look into this but now he wants to know everything about this and then we with our team as agile as we are obviously we drill down in a complete different topic within three weeks and then give them a comprehensive understanding or presentation of a completely different technology. So the speed in, in which I switch, I think that's that's always funny and, and, and fascinating.
0: No, I can relate. Like We've yeah. also seen that the one question that always comes to my mind then seeing that is how sustainable is that as well? Because if you constantly like as a startup, right, you mm-hmm. say you have a 10 year vision, yeah. you got to execute on that. And then here we have corporates jumping left and right and like having talked right now bef- about building it up incrementally, mm-hmm. getting an understanding, tackling your core market, and so on, going beyond. How sustainable is it actually to right now first explore, let's say, AI, then saying, oh, no, well, wait, now something like blockchain related comes up. Mm-hmm. I want to rather focus on that. Isn't it more useful to really focus on one thing with your perspective?
1: Yeah, absolutely. In this, in this comparison, yes, I agree with you. In this example, and it was it was understandable because there's some, uh, let's say, there's a, a range of topics this company could focus on, right? Yeah. Like from just digitalizing the current process to maybe trying something new to have a new product to going complete, somewhere completely else. And they have this having a complete different focus. They have it on their mind, but they're a little bit, sometimes a little scared or think maybe that's not something for the next 10 years. Maybe the market is not ready, mm. and then there's one impulse where they understand that what they thought is 40 years ago is maybe only 20 years no. ago. So it's not a complete change in their focus; it's just a new priority in in the timeline. I would say um, where they uh, where they say, okay, I think this is this comes earlier rather than later. Let's focus one of our segments of our scouting segments on this topic, and yeah, that's mostly it.
0: I totally agree. It's it's more about really having a a good overview of the market, of of the new technologies, of of also changing customer groups that that are appearing, both B2B and B2C. Absolutely. And then, let's say, with that general understanding, then doing deep dives by the help also of the different innovation approaches to really get a better understanding of what is currently urgent and whatnot. Because in VC, right, they always talk about this window of opportunity where something whether you're either too early or too late, there's this one window of opportunity a year or two where really it makes sense to jump on this. Yeah. And I think as a corporate, having that type of understanding by understanding the different technologies currently impacting the market is also very important.
1: Yeah, ab- absolutely. And you asked what, what surprised me. I think one one beautiful, beautiful thing we see, and we talked about ecosystems earlier, and you should be connected to everyone and not only you know startup corporate, but maybe also with other innovation units from 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 other corporates we see that there's a lot of the willingness to cooperate with other corporates that might be more might have been or might, maybe still are your competitors because they s- understand that it makes sense to invest together in the technology mm-hmm. because then the market is much broader for the startup and maybe the startup even says i don't i don't want to work with just one of you uh, this technology is only available if both of you jump on board And that's something that we experienced in the the last weeks where we introduced a startup to a corporate and at the beginning was, okay if you talk to our competitors, we're out. Mm -hmm. And now we managed with a lot of translating. We talked about this earlier. A lot of translating is of need. With a lot of translating and meetings, we came to the point now that they are thinking about and they're even having discussions with the direct competitors to invest together in the startup. And that's something that we wouldn't have seen five or 10 years ago. Mm. And I think that's brilliant. I think the thought of an ecosystem, and not only I work with my client or I work with this startup, rather than we all try to make a product better, an ecosystem better, the experience for the com- consumer better, so focus on the consumer, I think that's brilliant.
0: Now Forging alliances. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Now, summing this up, what would you say in terms of corporate innovation succeeding along yeah. the journey are the key factors that a corporate needs to nail.
1: Okay, if you, if, you, if you have to narrow it down, we discussed it earlier, but if you have to narrow it down, I think it is the long-term perspective. This is nothing for one year or half a year. This is something that has to be deeply integrated in your identity. Having the right people, networker, people who are really enthusiastic about this topic, who want to do that because they like working with innovation startups, not because someone tells them to. I, from my point of view, crucial. Yeah, having having access to the to the ecosystem. Go out there, go to events, to to challenges, talk to founders, understand their needs. So really try to open the doors for inspiration and and innovation in that sense.
0: And then gradually build it up. Don't overwhelm yourself.
1: And don't overwhelm Focus. your colleagues and the exactly. and the organization. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you very much, Stefan, yeah. for joining. And hope to see you soon.
1: Thank you very much. We will.
0: Thank you for listening to the Digital Transformer podcast. This has been part two of our three-part mini-series on collaborative innovation created in collaboration with PwC. If you enjoyed this episode, then please take a minute to subscribe, share, or like this podcast to spread the word, so that I can continue bringing the outstanding guests and conversations. And if you have questions about this episode or about how you can successfully identify, build, or scale digital solutions, then feel free to reach out to me. You can find me on LinkedIn under linkedin inkilliankarash or write me an email at killian.hatch.studio. In this first episode of this three-part series, we explored how corporates and startups can 10x their innovation success with collaborative innovation and dove into the different types of collaborative innovation, their success factors, and often overlooked pitfalls. In the next episode, we dive into the startup side and explore how startups can successfully unlock their innovation potential by selecting the right innovation partners and overcoming often overlooked pitfalls. So go to your podcast player and type in digital transformer podcast startup innovation. Thanks again for listening and I hear you next week.